Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for another weekly episode of Restore the Floor, your Pistons slash NBA podcast with Evan Jenkins. I'm Stoney, and uh, we are blessed to be joined by the legend, the voice of the Detroit Pistons for years and years. He still does a great job, obviously started with radio and then TV and now Bally Sports. He is the one, the only George Blaha. How are you, George? Fine, fellas. How you doing? We're doing really, really well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've seen on the floor as we're trying to get it restored. Did you, in your wildest dreams, think it would ever be a team that, at this point, would be at the halfway point, what, 4-37? and 37? No way, Jose. Uh, you, you, just, you just never know. But uh, I think, believe it or not, uh, this team has started to turn the corner. And I think at some point we're going to see Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey in the backcourt together and uh, for mega minutes. And I was talking to uh, Dave Bing recently, and we talked about when when he was in the backcourt with Jimmy Walker, Mm -hmm. and nobody knew who was going to have the ball and who was going to uh, score that possession. And I think, remember we, we thought about this, Maybe uh, a year ago, when uh, when Jaden Ivey started to play well, and uh, we thought, man, when they put Cade and Jaden together on the floor, they'll have a backcourt that'll be very difficult to defend. And I believe it's going to happen sooner than we think. So, but I'm really happy to see Jaden get the ball in his hands. I think they're they're now like-minded. You know the front office and Monty Williams about Jaden. He's such a talented young man. Well, well, and, uh, I don't know why they haven't had him on the floor before, but, uh, you know, everybody uh, makes the decisions when they want to make them and uh, <laughs> deals with things uh, when they feel they have to. So uh, as long as it's been dealt with and he's on the court and got the ball in his hands now, uh, they're a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, that was my next question is, well, what, t- what took him so long, you know? <laughs> Well, uh, Monty said they had a uh, chat with the people in the front office about it. I think this may have uh, occurred after uh, Tom Gorris uh, went public with the fact that uh, we got to do what we got to do here to, to stop this bleeding. And uh, it, it didn't really stop right away. But one of the things they did apparently was uh, have a, a high-end meeting about – about how to use Jaden Ivey best. 
And frankly, he's very good with the ball in his hands. You guys have seen yep. that. I'm not telling you anything you haven't seen. You saw it last year, and uh, uh, but you're really seeing it now. And I think in the last three games, the Pistons have been very competitive, and they don't even have Cade Cunningham right now. So uh, in the most recent game, they went toe-to-toe with a very good Minnesota Timberwolves team that had all their players and brought their A game. And they really didn't decide the ball game until the last three or four minutes uh, and, and winning 124 to 117. And in that game, Jaden has, uh, what, a career-high 32 yep. and uh, and six feeds. And he's had uh, half a dozen assists or more uh, in his in his last three or four games. So uh, he's going to be a great story. You know, he uh, since the, we're, we're lying crazy in town right now, I think it's fair to say that uh, sometimes the lovable losers become winners. You just got to be patient. And uh, I think Piston fans probably feel like they've been too patient. The Lion fans probably felt the same way, but uh, good things happen down the road. And then you look back and say, why did it happen uh, with the Lions? And why is it maybe going to happen with the Pistons? Now, if there is a silver lining, I like to say these professional athletes are so dang competitive that maybe this losing that they're going through this year will only make them hungrier for the future. But my question for you is when you're calling Jaden Ivey's games, are you ever amazed that he never runs out of, like, gas? This guy goes 100 miles an hour from the moment he's out on the floor to the end. It's it's amazing to see a player like that that gives 100% at all given times. Well, his grandfather, James Hunter, was one of my best friends. Yeah. God rest his soul. Great guy. And, uh, you know, his grandfather had 27 interceptions when he was with the Lions. And uh, he was an amazing guy and uh, had a great career afterwards with Anheuser-Busch. And uh, so he helped sell my favorite beer, Budweiser. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, uh, he had one of those can-do personalities. Uh, anybody who knew him knew yeah. that, and and I think a lot of that has come down to to Jaden. You know, his mom was a great player at Notre Dame, and now the women's coach there, and and his dad uh, was a uh, three-year starter at Notre Dame and played until he tore up his Achilles uh, in the NFL uh, with the Ravens. So he comes from great genes, and uh, he's a heck of a kid. Uh, we've always been pulling for him. Uh, his uh, his grandmother uh, Emmeline Hunter, we call her Peanut, and uh, Mary and I keep in very very close touch, and we're not surprised. This this is a heck of a kid, and you're right. He seems to hey, be the Energizer Bunny, and he uses his he, and he'll even learn more about how to do it. But he uses his athleticism, his speed and quickness. You know, some guys have speed, some guys have quickness. He's got them both. And he has a very nice feel for the game as well for such a young guy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You've gone through this before in your career. Obviously, the late 70s, it led to the Pistons with the number two pick getting Isaiah. Then after Grand Hill left, they went through a little bit of a downtime, and then we got the going-to-work team and all that stuff. How, how tough is it for the broadcaster to go through a few years? And, you know, in, in this case, it's been almost a decade without winning a playoff uh, game, but game in, game out, and having that great attitude that you have. Well, you know, you, first of all, it's your job. And uh, second of all, uh, it's a game that I think I have a fairly good understanding of, and I really love the game. So it's it's not as hard a work as you think it would be. And I, I remember 100 years ago when I first started, uh, we had a game on the road uh, in Washington, and the Pistons were not very good. And I was doing TV for Channel 50, and Toby Cunningham, a producer, mm-hmm. uh, I believe was back in Detroit. And, uh, uh, Stoney, you know about local TV in those days. Yep. Anyway, uh, 
we just I he said, What are we gonna do about this game? I said, Well let's get the front line out here. If if they'll take, give us a little shot of the Washington front line. They had Elvin Hayes, Wes Unseld, and Bobby Dandridge. Yeah. All three of those guys, Hall of Famers. And they won a title. And <laughs> and, and won a championship, <clears throat> excuse me, uh with my man Dick Mata. So um they're they're every every team has players, every game has highlights and uh I, I've never been the guy who bashed the other team because the other—that's what makes a good game: good players. And uh, and if if at a certain point in time your team doesn't have good, very good, or great players, there's somebody on that court who's worth looking at, and uh, and usually more than one person. So that's what makes the games doable. All right. Well, since we're talking about all-time great players, um, I'm 40 years old, and I grew up a Michael Jordan fan. Okay, so you had the even luxury. living in Detroit, this yes. guy was a Michael Jordan fan. Hard to believe. I only got to see what I got to see. I didn't have cable TV. Okay, I, yeah. <laughs> but you gotten to call some of Michael Jordan's biggest games against the Pistons in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. You gotten to call Kobe Bryant play against the Pistons in the Finals. You got to call LeBron James against the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. Out of those three, when you get to call and, and, and you go off into the sunset and you talk to your grandkids and everything about it, when you speak about those three players, what are you going to remember most? I want to remember that they're uh... – Three guys who are in the all-time great conversation. Obviously, uh, anybody who follows the NBA knows that. So, uh, and I think it would be hard to pick one of those three. And I'm glad you brought Pat Kobe in the conversation. Sometimes um, I don't know why, but sometimes people talk more about Michael and LeBron. You, you have to include Kobe in that conversation. Absolutely. Of, you know, pound for pound. Uh, who were the greatest? And I would add Larry Bird and Magic Johnson uh, to that conversation sure. as well. The uh, the best thing that LeBron does is uh, play the game uh, with a high intellect and play the game um, in great shape. I mean, this guy takes care of himself. He's always ready to play. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and Michael was such a competitor but if you think he's the greatest competitor, Kobe might be the greatest competitor. So, And speaking of competitors, you know how much Larry Bird wanted to win and you know how much Magic wanted to win. So those guys uh, won all those games for a reason. And, and, com- uh, and competitors. They were focused on winning. Yeah, and competitors, you got to call the career of arguably the greatest competitor uh, that this city's ever had, and that's Isaiah. Oh, yeah. I was going to just bring him up. He he. He's probably the best uh, diminutive a guy who's ever played basketball. Uh, you know, there's a book out now called When the Game Was War by a, uh, a Chicago guy named Rich Cohen. Mm-hmm. And in his opinion, if you if you grade this on a curve, because Isaiah was maybe only 5'11", uh, Isaiah's probably the GOAT. And he, he grew up in uh, in Michael Jordan's town. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the the guys we just talked about, <clears throat> including Isaiah, uh, right at the top of that list. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you talk about all the players, now you got to throw in some, some of the uh, centers. But I, I kind of think the pound-for-pound pound guys are the guys we just mentioned. What was your favorite Piston team? Was it 
you know, the bad boys because that was the first of the championship mm. or the going to work? Or maybe mm. it's something earlier in your career that you just had that bond with one of the teams. Well, you know, the first championship team, the bad boys, uh, has to has to come up first yep. in your heart. And, and I always thought there'd never be another team around here that captured the hearts of metropolitan Detroit and the state of Michigan uh, like the bad boys. But then that Ben Wallace group, man, Ben and Chauncey and Rip and Tayshawn and Rashid, when, when people start showing up with fake Afros on uh, <laughs> all over uh, the palace, you knew that uh, Ben and his group uh, had captured the hearts of Detroit. But I had another team, another two teams that I loved. <clears throat> the first team, um, Bob Lanier was the center, one of the all-time great players and uh, such a skilled, intelligent, tough-minded guy. Uh, and we had Marvin Barnes and ML Carr at the forwards and a, a great group of guards. Uh, Kevin Porter is a guy who doesn't get mentioned much. I'm on the all-time uh, great point guards, but he could really pass the ball. And Eric Bunny was a great combo guard despite his diminutive stature. <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a little too much coffee, guys. You caught me in the middle of coffee. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and uh, Chris Ford uh, was in that group. And later in that season, we brought in Ralph Simpson, who was a local star at Pershing High for my man Will Robinson. And so that team was a uh, really fun to be involved with in my very first year. This is my 48. That was my first. And another team that uh, I've, I always think, will think of is the Rick Carlisle team that flipped the record from mm-hmm. uh, 32 and 50 to 50 and 32 and pointed that team uh, on the way to uh, winning a championship in 04. When you, when you look, when you look back, also, how about off the court? Who is your favorite player? You know, maybe not not a star or anything like that, that just was a great teammate and a great guy to hang around with. Vinny Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. James Edwards. Cliff Robinson. Uh, and uh, we love Kelly Trapuco as well. Uh, and it'd be hard not to include, uh, you know, guys like Rick Mahorn and, and, and Bill Lambert is very misunderstood. People love to hate him and he didn't care. Right. Exactly. In, in other cities, but, uh, man, he paid the price for the Pistons to win championships. And, uh, Chuck Daly always said that, uh, you know, there are two or three guys that the bad boys had to have, Otherwise, they would not have won championships, and obviously Bill's one of them. I was a Scott Hastings guy. I loved hanging out with that oh, guy. Oh, I love man. Scott Hastings as well. And you get to see him when they, the, the, the Nuggets come to town, which brings me to my next question. Somebody who's been around the league for a long time, since the 70s, I'm old, and I remember I grew up watching Wilton, Luke Jackson, and those great Sixer teams in that rivalry with the Celtics. Is the and the athletes today in the NBA? I know a lot of the old folks. Oh, it's not as good. It's they all they do is chuck up threes. To me, I am amazed at how great today's players are. How fast, how big they are. Do you like the game better now or back? I don't know, twenty five, thirty years, even more. I think um, my description of today's game is. Uh, 
a ton of skilled players uh, playing a three-point shooting contest that's disguised as a basketball game. So it's a it's a different deal. <clears throat> I think it's um, entertaining, and uh, I'm, I'm obviously choosing my words somewhat carefully. But do I like it better? I like it better then when it was tougher, and uh, I think the the uh, this book that uh, Rich Cohen wrote about the '88 season kind of talks about. Uh, basketball in the '80s, I think in the uh, and Lou Jackson, those guys were playing uh, more in the '70s. Yeah, six, and late, late '60s. 60s. Uh, I think probably NBA basketball in the '80s was was at its very, very best. When you think of all the great players that played then, Moses and Doc and Mo Cheeks and uh, and Bobby Jones and Philly, uh, the bad boys who we just discussed. Uh, a Hall of Fame backcourt for the Pistons and Isaiah and Joe Dumars, and uh, Hall of Fame forward in uh, Adrian Dantley and Dennis Rodman, Hall of Fame coach Chuck Daly. Bill Lambeer should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if they'll ever put him in. I, th- I guess he's on the ballot this year, which is yes. nice to hear. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Hakeem, Elijah wanted to just come into the league. Patrick Ewing was in New York. Uh, and the Lakers had probably their greatest team. And when you have Magic and Worthy uh, and Kareem uh, on the same team, how could it not be a great team? So, uh, And the Celtics with the front line, the whole starting five with Boston made them very, very difficult to beat. Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale uh, and uh, the great Larry Bird up front. And then the backcourt, Danny Ainge, and one of the smartest, toughest, greatest competitors ever, Dennis Johnson. So the league in the 80s was awesome. Uh, To me, that's my favorite time. Now, it is kind of crazy to think because you saw the 80s, then you saw the 90s where it was, you know, the Alonzo Mornings, David Robinsons, all the big men that dominate the block. And then you saw the game morph into the guards where all the guards are shooting the threes, like you said. But now the game has morphed once again to where – the guys in the 90s, like Wenbayana and Jokic and Giannis and guys like that, their ass would be on the block, and that's what they would be doing. But the game has evolved so much. Could you ever imagine when you were calling those games in the 80s that seven-footers would be going out there today playing the way that they are? I'm embedded in that as how well. How good would Rashid be today in today's game? It, it's a, he was before his time, yeah. wasn't he? At yes. six foot eleven to be able yeah. to step out. Even Bill Lambeer, right. if he played in today's NBA, he would have been such a different player. And I think that Hall of Fame that you just mentioned, George, that would have been a lock for him because he would have been more free to be able to shoot, what, 153s a year instead of probably 50. You're right, and uh, Bob Lanier could have shot threes if if there was a three-point line. <laughs> uh, we had an assistant coach uh, when I first started named Larry Jones. He was Herb Brown, Larry Brown's older brother's assistant, and we talked about uh, about shooters because Larry led the uh, ABA in scoring a couple of times, or averaged over 30 anyway in that league, uh, and he could really shoot the ball. And they, they would have a little contest, including – uh, the assistant coach and the other guys on the team. And uh, he said probably Bob would win the shooting contest, but Chris Ward could shoot clearly. And, and this guy, and this guy, Larry Jones could absolutely shoot. You ought to look him up on, uh, on the internet. He was a heck of a player. So uh, 
Bob was even a guy who, if he played when there was a three-point line, uh, would have been able to dive in more and shoot more threes. By the way, you mentioned that book on the 88 season. Did the author at least acknowledge that Lambeer did never foul Kareem? Yes, he did. Good. Basically. Good. And, uh, you know, so that Piston team, uh, and, and what Isaiah did uh, earlier in that game. Yeah. Scoring 25 points in the third quarter on uh, one leg uh, was one of the most amazing things anybody's ever done uh, in the in an NBA Finals game. I, 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 <clears throat> a couple I, I, years ago, Steph Curry was on his way to maybe breaking that record, and I was hoping that he didn't. Not that I'm anti-Steph Curry, right. but it was an early game in the finals, and uh, it's a different game today, as we know, and uh, Isaiah's doing it when the game was very, very physical uh, and a critical game against an all-time great team uh, with everything on the line, and uh, doing it on one leg was absolutely amazing. All right, George, I have to change gears just for a moment here because I, I do love the Pistons, but my first love is MSU football, and you are the voice of Michigan State football. So just, George, tell me everything's going to be all right, and Jonathan Smith is going to lead them back. And I I like them too. I like everything. I don't know enough about Oregon State football outside of what I see on TV. But, George, tell me everything's going to be all right. Well, first of all, he's done an amazing job. Yes. I mean, I I don't know if I could have ever imagined that uh, a guy was going to come in from, uh, you know, three time zones away and uh, get his feet on the ground here. And with guys going in the portal like they do uh, and salvaging most of the key players at Michigan State and, and then bringing some guys from his part of the country and also uh, having a, at least a solid recruiting class. The guy's always been a winner. Uh, those those guys who uh, who like offense, hey, the guy was a quarterback. Yeah. And he was Dennis Erickson's quarterback. And he smoked Notre Dame in a bowl game. Uh, so uh, I think things are going to be uh, way better than people think this fall. And in the long run, uh, the Spartans will be tough to beat. That's what Devin wants to hear. Yes, sir. Absolutely. George, I can't thank you enough. And speaking for all the fans, because I still consider myself just a, a, a fan with a microphone, thank you for all you've given to this community o- over the years. You are I'm, When we and Wojo used to do those tournaments, we had one for the best like, announcers or whatever, and you beat Ernie Harwell. Just uh, I'll never forget that. Well, I shouldn't have, but uh, <laughs> you know what? That was – that was fun stuff. Yeah, that was fun stuff that you and you and he did, and, and congrats on a great career too, Stony. Great to be on with both you guys, and uh, go Lions! Yes, yes. absolutely. I'll see you at the LCA. You got a five-game homestand coming up. Uh, I'm definitely going to be down there for one of them.